0: Hello to all my marvelous mobile mavens. Welcome to episode three of the Listen to Cedric Say podcast. I'm your host, Cedric Say. Man, it's been a wild week. Uh, News is coming out crazy. Uh, The mobile industry is not slowing down one bit. And I have a feeling that going into 2020, it's not going to slow down. In fact, I think 2020 is going to be a watershed year for the whole industry. Uh, Just because of all the new and amazing capabilities coming out, we're going to dive deeper into some of those capabilities. On today's top game changers, top Tep game changer number one, T-Mobile finally has rolled out their five G network. Well, sorta, um, it launched yesterday um, to mixed reviews. Really, mixed up marketing signals more than anything. Um, well, a lot's going on, so. Uh, it'll be going fully online on the 6th still. That's still the firm date where it'll be rolled out to all the customers that have pre ordered their phones. I think they're starting with two phones. The uh, which, uh, first one's the Samsung Galaxy Note 10 Plus 5G, and the second phone that'll be uh, compatible on their networks, the OnePlus 7T Pro 5G, the McLaren edition. So it's like styled after the McLaren. Cars, uh, which is kind of interesting, it has like, the same finish or something. But anyway, so about their 5G network. So that I guess they were promising, like uh, they well, what they're doing, they're calling it the nationwide 5G network, the world's first nationwide 5G network, and then, so that was their marketing pitch. And so people found that the actual reality is somewhat less, actually a lot less. They were, I think, they were saying that they were going to cover about 200 million people on day one. But, yeah, I mean, whatever they're promising when they I guess when they their press released, it was less than what was to be expected from their original marketing materials, and there's a lot of misunderstanding as far as technologies, which I know my listeners don't misunderstand it because we went over the technologies that five g includes, but T-Mobile is not rolling out millimeter wave technology that is super fast and it, it promises all those things for future technology and capabilities. Their kind is actually working off of their old spectrum. so In my opinion, it's worse than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a little bit more advanced than that, but it's actually using their 600 megahertz spectrum. It, it's not crazy faster. It's basically the equivalent of 4G that works really well and they're promising about a 20 to 30 percent increase in speed which is great that's significant but i don't believe their 4g was highly rated as far as its speed to begin with so i'm not sure that's a huge increase overall as far as futuristic industry leading performance Uh, but yeah but it but it's legitimate 5g though they're using 5g tech to give deliver a much better experience so that that's that's a plus but we'll just have to wait and see friday it goes live for actual customers not just business folks or reviewers so we will see the next game changer is google they've really been pushing uh rich chat services so that's like rcs or the ability to well i start like this so i think iphone users and apple users probably have uh, would be the ones that would understand this the best because they already have those features in iMessage. But Android has never had it because Android relies on carriers, not Google, to handle the messaging servers and services that run over those servers. So Google has taken it upon themselves to add features where they can so they can begin to be on par with what you would hope to find from... Uh, from ios so that's been really a sore point for android for a very long time and it's one of the key things it's one of the key reasons why a lot of apple users state that they cannot switch to android because of how amazing the the chat features are in iMessage and all the capabilities and the quality of the video and photos that they can send to friends and family Um, so this is huge it's it's big news it's a game changer because it basically the, um, they're trying this in beta in their own messaging app. So any any Android phone can download their messaging app. And there's a lot of steps involved, um, but you can actually be a part of the beta and start enjoying this with anyone else that's a part of the beta. You can have much longer videos that are a way better quality, like the full quality that your phone is capable of instead of being a pixelated garbage like it is now on uh, the average app. Also, photos look a lot better. Um, Uh, messaging and groups and all that works different um, and i feel it even looks better the app the design that they're going for in the future looks a lot uh, better it's a refreshed design uh, that looks uh, more futuristic and has dark mode so that's always good but yeah the those features um yeah the carriers have been very resistant i guess because they would have to upgrade their equipment to be able to support it um while they're slowly coming around google's just Circumventing them completely and just have their own solution for it. Another thing that they just did um, is added some social media-like features to Google Photos. So Google Photos got an upgrade as well, and that dropped today, where you can easily share photos. And another, and what I feel is another attempt to you know, circumvent some of the limitations placed on Android from the carriers. So you can now send photos in high qual. Um, without having to make a shared folder and go through all those shenanigans, you can just send it and then your friend can like it. They You can start talking below it and you can have a conversation in its own, again, social media, like IG, Facebook style, uh, chat underneath it in its own conversation. Uh, so that's another way you can share high quality photos and videos uh, for those that uh, don't want to go through all the steps right now and use beta software on their phones in Messenger. So, yeah, they're they're trying their best to really fix a lot of these, these issues because, I mean, Android hardware is phenomenal. So you can buy some really great stuff um, for the same price points as uh, the iPhones. But the software, while it is phenomenal in some aspects, just those basic communication tools and social tools have always been a bit of a sore point. But they are rapidly changing that situation. And I'm eager to see what they accomplish next year. The next game changer is actually Qualcomm. So they're in the news again, because they are uh, kind of in the middle of their uh, Snapdragon tech summit taking place in Maui, Hawaii. So a great location. But yeah, they're having that right now. This is when uh, they announced to all the developers and, and tech media folks about what's going on with their processors that are coming out for the following year. And yeah, they've actually made some waves. So uh, what's been expected was not exactly what is going to happen uh with their flagship processor, the uh the one that's replacing the current eight fifty five will be the eight sixty five, uh or Snapdragon Snapdragon eight sixty five. And that's um uh, it's supposed it's expected that it would have an integrated five G modem, but it will not. Kind of a move that stunned everybody was that the actual the cheaper processor the step just below the 865 which is the snapdragon 765 will have an integrated 5g so we're not sure why they made that move why they didn't put it in the flagship first Um, i'm thinking maybe manufacturers wanted a little more options as far as 5g and which modem that they put with their flagship phones Uh, but yeah i'm sure they they know their business and they there's a really really good reason that we'll find out later for why they did that Uh, probably will come out from one of their partners that buy their processors but yeah that's what they're doing so they actually will it become bundled with the current next gen modem which would be their x55 have a lot of more a lot of advanced capabilities i think it'll support more of the different 5G technologies, there's like three different technologies that are operating now, and I think it'll support, I believe all of them, but I could be wrong about that. But I'll I'll update uh, when I have more info after the, uh, the summit's over. But yeah, the capabilities of the new processor are gonna be pretty impressive, just like pretty much they are every year. They push the industry forward. What they have announced about the 865 in the first day of the Snapdragon Summit so far is that it will support up to 200 megapixels Of data per photo on the camera so that I don't know if there there is even a sensor that can handle that right now but it will support it which sounds like normally what they do is they use different channels for different sensors so that just means possibly more cameras added to it more variety or truly higher resolution camera sensors which is a thing too I know uh, Huawei and I think Xiaomi or Oppo—I'm not really sure—but one of the one or more of the Chinese manufacturers have actually released phones that have 48 megapixel sensors, which is pretty crazy. Uh, their software isn't quite as good as like Samsung or or Pixel or Google Pixel, but the sensor just having the 48 megapixel sensor—that's a pretty big step in the right direction. Uh, but of course, you know, it's all computational photography, so the processor matters, the software algorithm matters. That kind of matters more than the, just the sensor itself. But it's nice to see that the industry is moving forward on that front. Another feature that uh, come out that they announced yesterday was that their under the screen fingerprint scanning technology did three, they call it the 3D Sonic Max. It's going to have its second gen uh, coming out next year, and it's going to be even more secure and be able to, capable of uh, scanning two fingers at the same time for added security. As well um, as be, it it works better with screen protectors, which we'll have to test and see how much better. But it's supposed to be a lot better than the first generation. One thing that they aren't promising is the speed increase. So we expect, you know, generation to generation, the biosecurity gets faster. But they're saying that the the second gen isn't going to be any quicker, but it'll just be more secure and it'll work better with the screen protections like timber glass screen protectors and things like that so they won't look all weird or be um, need a special design or any special features to work properly so that's good i'll take that for a second gen maybe we get some speed increases in the third gen yeah and i believe the new 3d sonic max will actually be supported in both the flagship and the 765 but yeah i'll I'll keep you informed on all the latest qualcomm info coming in number four we have the embedded sims Um, they're actually going through some growing pains right now so we did talk about that in an earlier episode but yeah just an update to how that's going so the success or failure of new technologies like eSIM is based on how carriers uh, adopt or uh, utilize the technology they do have rules that they have to follow they have an industry governing body known as the uh, GSM Association um or the gsma you'll see it uh, a lot of times basically they come up with uh, rules on how everyone in the industry is supposed to play nice together but with e-sims they're kind of leaving it to individual carriers they haven't really had any formal rules to govern how this stuff's supposed to work uh, interoperably worldwide so uh when you leave it to individual carriers, they normally put business first and consumers second. So we are starting to see some anti-consumer, anti-competitive practices like locking sims and making it difficult to reprogram them or not possible uh, to reprogram them. So, cause they don't have the same rules as uh, like things like porting numbers and uh, you can't take them out of the phone physically. Uh, like you can the current sim so we'll just have to see how that turns out people are talking about getting the department of justice involved in case there's a corruption or you know they need to bring a case for anti-competitive business practices the doj did have an official response and they said hey we're staying out of this for right now because that's not really mature there are no rules so we, there's nothing for us to rule on so or bring a case about i suppose but yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that. I hope they don't ruin ecms though, because it has the potential to be super cool. You can just go to whatever carrier, use multiple carriers, all kinds of stuff like that. So I really hope they get get everything together so that technology can, all the promises of that technology can be lived sooner than later. Number five is a uh, I don't know how much of a game changer it is. I mean, it's probably a game changer for Mint Mobile, but it looks like Ryan Reynolds. That's right, the actor Ryan Reynolds, known for movies like Deadpool, he's getting into the cell phone game. By, he's now the proud new owner of Mint Mobile. Uh, Mint Mobile is a, a, a mobile network virtual operator, or MNVO. I don't know if you've heard of that, but basically it's one of those kinds of carriers like Ting or Google Fi that uh, use the spare bandwidth on, the ma- on one of the major four networks or more than one network. Um, in the case of Mint Mobile, they use the spare bandwidth from T-Mobile's network. Uh, so, yeah, uh, they're known for cheap plans, which is what MNVOs are known for in, in general. So we'll see how that works out for him. Hopefully it's a good investment for him. I like his movies. so. Um, but more than anything, I guess it's not supposed to be just symbolic or just an investment. It looks like he actually has a title. Like he's supposed to be helping out with uh, uh, marketing and communications with – um, and helping with strategic decision-making, which I'm not sure what that entails, but I hope it entails hilarious commercials for Mint Mobile because that dude's hilarious. So, all right, and that brings us to our top game changer, the top tr- tech trend that is uh, poised to uh, make a huge difference in next year in 2020. Actually, you can get a piece of it right now. And uh, what we're uh, talking about is cloud gaming. Uh, So, cloud gaming is this thing that has been promised for probably about a decade. Man, you can stream movies, music, videos. Why can't we stream games? And so, game streaming has always been a promise, but now it's actually a real thing. Uh, Google Stadia has dropped. The reviews have been mixed. A lot of people on YouTube, they don't like the overall structure. Uh, I guess the promise, it's not the kind of cloud gaming that everyone originally had in mind. And actually, I guess not even the kind of cloud gaming Google was kind of teasing. When, it, when they finally launched or when they finally made known their business model and pricing model, it looks like it's way more expensive than people thought it would be. And it's really not the Netflix of gaming at all, simply because it everything costs. You know, it's more like... Um, red box or voodoo of gaming which is not that different of a business model basically they're you have to buy into it so you have to buy the hardware because everybody's thinking you don't need hardware it's cloud gaming you can use anything which is the promise of cloud gaming however in this case it looks like google is trying a hardware approach which is weird for a software company but they're going for the hardware and you kind of it's and they're not aiming at the android mobile base that they have i guess all of that is very confusing it's confusing to me and it's confusing to a lot of people that had their eye on everything what google wants to do is kind of take over your living room so the it all works through its own custom controller the stadia controller and it requires the use of a chromecast ultra which supports 4k video resolutions with uh, ultra high dynamic range um or 4k uhd but they you know, it, it's just strange because it, it, that package alone, so that package alone, it gets you what's called Stadia Premiere. So you pay $129, you get the controller, you get the Chromecast, plug that into your 4K TV, and you're supposed to be able to play in 4K on, on all the titles, 60 frames a second, all that stuff. That's what everybody, that's what they were promising, and that's what everybody's expecting. But turns out, most of the games, even the high profile games, or at least it's been reported that those games are being upscaled. So they they do not look as beautiful as they look on in actual 4K. As well as there, uh, most people were saying that Tomb Raider was one of the games that looked the best and played the best. Um, and it had it seemed to have the highest resolution. Uh, still not 4K in, in feel. It looked like it just a really, really good 1080p. A lot of people were uh, stating that had actually been able to play it. Another thing, though, I mean, with these game, sh- you know, cloud game streaming services, uh, it's really dependent on your internet connection. And I don't think most networks are even optimized for it yet. So the reviews have been wildly different. Some people are like, yeah, it plays great, except for occasional stutter. Other people was like, yeah, it's constantly dropping frames. Um, I don't see how this is going to be practical or useful. So it just really depends on what kind of uh, internet connection you have and how good your carrier optimizes it for that kind of traffic. Because every kind of traffic in service and feature needs to have its own optimization. So it d- nothing just works um because you because know, for the most part the internet was built to send little packets of data like little text packets all over the data multiple ways to try to get there as fast as possible and streaming is as a service which is why it took so long to even get streaming services does not you know, real-time streaming does not work very well in that environment unless it's optimized for it and gaming is a very new type of traffic that requires extremely low latency because uh, once you press that button, that action is actually sent to a computer. They process the information on a server someplace, you know, Google server, Microsoft server, or a- Amazon's getting into it at some point. Their server network sends that information back to you, and you see it happen on your uh, TV screen in Stadia's case uh, or uh, your mobile phone or laptop, whatever. Uh, so that's, that, that kind of traffic is new, and it's amazing to me that it works at all. But with those criticisms um, in the pricing scheme, which actually, you, with that $129, you, you do get, I think, a free game. You get three months free of service uh, or included service, and each month you get a free game. But the games do cost money, and they, they've gotten some criticism around the cost of them. I guess with the uh, Premier package, you do save some money. Um, there's like a discount they'll throw your way, but most of these games are priced at, the physical, uh, physical media price, like the physical copy you can buy in the store price, which which would you would think would include shipping and packaging and handling and all that stuff included. And this is just a digital download, but they're charging the exact same thing on what's supposed to be a cheap, easy to get into cloud service, on top of the one hundred twenty nine dollars of hardware that you need. So it, it yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, especially since a company with a lot more experience seems to be nailing it. Although it's, I, I can't say that they're winning. Although the general consensus is that uh, Microsoft is crushing cloud gaming right now. Even in beta, they have seems to have more games. It seems to be a little more stable. Uh, but honestly, it, it's completely different. It's hard to even. It's not apples to apples. They're they're aiming actually at mobile. Which is weird. So you think Google would be the one aiming at the mobile devices, but Microsoft is actually the one aiming at mobile devices. If um, right now it's in beta though, and you have to you can only log into it via invitation, which I signed up. But I haven't gotten my invite code yet, so that's that. But from people that have gotten their invitation and have played both it and uh, X, what they call X Cloud, Microsoft X Cloud versus Google Stadia, they say the X cloud, uh, it's you have, you have a much larger library, 50-plus games in beta. I don't know how many they're going to have at launch. And that things just seem to be more, a little more fluid. I mean, you can play it really anywhere. You can play it on your computer. You can play it on your TV, play it on your phone. That's kind of the big promise of cloud gaming. It's hardware in, independent. Uh, right now, the main... A uh, critical piece, though, is that it only supports the Xbox Bluetooth controller, like the one that's shipped with the uh, Xbox One S and newer. The um, But the big promise for the launch is that they actually will support the more controllers, more popular controllers, like the Sony DualShock 4 Bluetooth. That's amazing. And all their Bluetooth-style controllers from Razer, very popular PC brand. So... That's pretty cool. I like that a lot. I like that the fact that uh, Microsoft's really getting into it. They're they're opening up finally, and instead of being closed off from the rest of the world, like the rest of the world doesn't exist and they're a big monopoly, they're just opening it up. So you, I was hoping. I mean, I think they've even promised that they'll try to do cross carrier, or not cross carrier, but um, cross platform gaming with the cloud gaming, which would be a true game changer. That would be amazing if they could get, pull that off. But you can at least use different hardware. So if you want to play Halo, but you hate the Xbox controller and you are a uh, PlayStation control, a Dual Shock controller diehard, uh, you can now enjoy Halo with a PlayStation controller. Well, at least that's the promise in 2020. And that's the thing. The thing that sh- um for me, I feel like the technology isn't quite there yet. Microsoft knows it's not quite there yet. Google went really early. I think trying to score some early mover points just to be the first and be able to say they were the first with a cloud gaming solution because they really are very new to the gaming industry. They don't have as many uh, exclusives, if any, and they don't have the the depth of relationships that uh, uh, people have, uh, that Microsoft and Sony have. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But uh, Microsoft, is the, they don't have a firm date yet. They're still in beta. There's no. They have not released a date when this will launch. Um, I And it's really convoluted. I don't know when they're going to launch it because they're supposed to be launching the new consoles next fall. So I'd, I'm i assuming it probably will happen next fall. But I don't know. It would be cool if it happened faster. Um, but yeah, I definitely don't want them to rush it. I want them to get it right. Um, but again, what, there's no date on it and there's no pricing details. So it's hard to compare the two services at the moment. But given that... Microsoft already has the infrastructure they have the game library they already have game pass and uh, the xbox live already i'm assuming they'll just piggyback off of the, the success of those two services to bring you a very similar experience to what they already have just across your entire hardware lineup so you can play on your desktop tv you can play on your your uh your phone tablet whatever and yeah uh, yeah just Uh, be able to game to your heart's content wherever you are, either over a mobile network, Wi-Fi network, whatever. So, um, but yeah, really interested to see where that uh, will go in the future and the the kind of features that will be supported. 4K would be great. UHD would be phenomenal. Um, But we got 8K coming, you know, right around the corner. So the cloud gaming's ability to scale and be progressive uh, when new technologies become popular or available um, that'll be interesting to see because I, th- I feel like I feel like not having to buy equipment like a console to get the new experience will push technology faster uh, so d- developers can deploy the new cool thing immediately like say yep we can turn on, on the server today you can have it right now and experience it on however you want and that, that, I, I think that, I mean, I know that that's the future and I can't wait to experience it. Well, all right, my marvelous mobile mavens, that does it for this episode. As usual, you're invited to hit me up on IG at CedricMobile.Tech to let me know what you think about the content we're we'll over today um, and where you think the industry is going, your opinions on all that, as well as to tell me what you would like to listen to next. Know that I appreciate our time together. Till next time, stay informed, stay hungry, and most importantly, stay mobile. Bye-bye.